Hello, and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 3. Thanks for being here. This episode is going out on Super Bowl Sunday here in the States. Maybe some of you have wedged listening to this in between quarters or during halftime. If so, thanks for giving me some of your sports ball time. Wasn't that last play amazing and or further evidence that, in fact, the ref has very poor eyesight? I'll try to make this quick so that you have time to hit the potty and grab a beverage before the game starts again. Fight, fight, fight for the team we like till the game is all over. I'm really bad at fight songs, so I hope you're back from the potty. So what's been happening since the last episode? The X-Files is still going strong, still enjoying it. It's got a few more episodes to go, and hopefully it can stick the landing. In Atari news, I got in the mail a huge box of brand new, which is to say old, used, 2600 carts. Uh, a box with a bunch of games in it, a few of which I already had, some of which I've maybe heard of but never played, and a couple that I really wasn't even familiar with. So I'm pretty excited to start playing with these and working them into future episodes. The game we're going to talk about today is Outlaw, a one or two player 1978 game put out by Atari, in which the manual promises that one or two players can become expert gunslingers during these games. So I'm pretty sure now that I have played Outlaw, I am ready for my concealed carry permit. Just bring it on. In the one-player version of the game, you use the left joystick to shoot targets controlled by the computer. In the two-player games, each player operates a gunslinger, earning points by shooting each other, basically. It's a nice family game. In several of the different variations of the games, bullets can ricochet off the upper and lower playfield boundaries, and there are 16 different games that you can play either alone or with two players. There are several varieties of these, including Stagecoach, Cactus, Wall, Getaway, Six Shooter, Target Shoot, and perhaps most disturbing, something called Blow Away, wherein your bullets are more powerful and you can blow pieces off the Stagecoach or Cactus or whatever it is that's filling up the center of the screen. Because in most of these games, there is in fact something uh, acting as a barrier between you and your opponent. So that's it. It's a pretty straightforward game. I think it's time to throw on a saddle on this old Atari steed and see what she can do. Giddy up. After the break, there's a new sheriff in town, and he's a posse of one, aiming to settle some scores. Uh, score some points. Anyway, roll the thing. So the game is all set up. I chose game number eight, which is a two-player game, which means I finally have an opportunity to let my multiple personality out in a safe environment. Uh, so in game number eight, there is a stagecoach uh, running in an endless loop from the bottom of the screen to the top, I guess signifying rush hour in the Old West. So 
You have the two gunfighters. I imagine they're standing on the main street of town. I, you can't see them, but probably in the background there is uh, the general store and the saloon and the bathhouse and probably an apple store. Not sure about that one. So the goal is to get to 10 points. You get points by shooting the opposing gunfighter. The game will start. They'll start firing. The thing about game number eight is when you shoot, if you hit that stagecoach, you can actually break off little pieces of the stagecoach. So while it does provide some protection for your gunfighter from your opponent, that only lasts, of course, until there are so many pieces broken off that the bullets just pass right through. So without further ado, I guess we'll kill some cowboys. Here we go. I come out with guns blazing. Oh, he's a dead eye, ain't he? Christmas story. Best movie ever. You shoot your eye out, kid. Ooh, I just shot myself again. Ooh, I shot my other self again. Ooh, maybe I should move. There we go. Ooh, fancy trick shot. Man, I'm good. Right, I'm going to try crossing the screen. Oh, I can't. Stagecoach ran over me. Try again. I like how when they get shot, they just sit down like, oh, I'm tired. Never mind that I have a bullet in my chest or, ooh, elsewhere. That's got to hurt. And with that, I just totally crushed myself. Well, that was fun. Back to you in the studio. Okay, so that was a little bit of Outlaw. The rounds usually go to 10 points, so they don't last very long, um, which is nice. You can go through a lot of games quickly. Everybody gets a chance to play. Everybody gets a chance to be on the winning end and the losing end, and if you don't like the end that you're on, there's another game coming up right behind it. If you have little kids, you know how important that is. As I walked out in the streets of Laredo, as I walked out in Laredo one day, I spied a young cowboy all wrapped in white linen, all wrapped in white linen, as cold as the snow. No, I've not added a new feature to the show wherein I randomly burst into song. That's a verse from the song Streets of Laredo, which I think is very apt for this episode. The song, other parts of the song, uh, tell us that it's a song about a young woman who, as it says in this verse, walks out into the streets of the town of Laredo, and basically she sees a dead cowboy lay in there. This song is important, first of all, of course, because the theme of the song fits nicely with the theme of this, the game we're talking about this episode. It's also interesting in that, fun fact, it's about the only thing I remember from taking guitar lessons in the fifth grade. Um, I couldn't for the life of me play the song on the guitar now. In fact, I got my guitar out a few years ago, and I was making something that was a chord, but I have no idea if it was a C or an F. But that verse from that song has stuck in my head these many, many, many years since I was in the fifth grade. Anyway, the theme of the song and the theme of the game sort of dovetail. They're both kind of morbid. As Atari games go, the, the violence quotient of this game is actually pretty stark. Uh, it's nothing like games today, necessarily, but, you know, it ain't Frogger either trying to get your little frog to the lily pad or something like that. It's you and your opponent standing face to face blasting each other away. And when you do, the other character doesn't just disappear like in a lot of games. Uh, he sits down dead 
and stares at you. Doesn't even lay down. He just sits there, which is kind of creepy, actually. And actually, it's that quality of the characters in the game, the way they move, kind of this blocky, sort of stiff-limbed movement that makes me think of animatronics. Remember when those were big? The band at Chuck E. Cheese with the mechanical uh, wolves and bears and whatever else it was that quote-unquote performed in the band or Showbiz Pizza or Abe Lincoln at pretty much every amusement park ever. Or from my own childhood, Tom's Mechanical Museum in Wonderland, which was a little amusement park, I guess, in a nearby town where I grew up, and they had basically a mini Old West town laid out with various animatronic characters performing scenes from the Old West. There was a saloon, and I think a general store, and a jail, and at each one you put a quarter in a slot, and something would happen. Uh, I think in the saloon you could shoot at the different characters and make things happen, you know, like um, uh, your bullet, which wasn't really a bullet, it was just uh, all mechanical tricks, uh, but you would shoot and you would hear a gunshot and like uh, a bird would flap its wings or a door would swing open and somebody would be in a bathtub or something would happen and the sheriff's pants would fall down, stuff like that. And at the jail, I think if you put a quarter in the slot, the inmate, you know, the poor cowboy who got locked up would sing you a little song. Stuff like that. For some reason, when I play Outlaw, I think of the characters in that town at Tom's Mechanical Museum in Wonderland. Tom's Mechanical Museum, unfortunately, folded not long after I first moved to the area. So I only actually got to go there, I think, a few times. But... Is always stuck with me. Oh, side note. Look at the uh, uh, screenshot of the cover for Outlaw that I posted with the episode for this week. Is that guy supposed to be a guy from a spaghetti western? Is he the Lone Ranger? Or is he Waylon Jennings? You make the call. The other thing I think about when I think about Outlaw is Yule Brenner. He was an actor. Kids asked your parents. Or maybe your grandparents. Uh, he did a lot of things, but he was in a movie called Westworld, uh, which came out in the 70s, and if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. In the movie, Richard Benjamin goes on a vacation to a fantasy theme park featuring different worlds. Uh, I think there was ancient Rome, medieval times, and the Old West. Yul Brenner was sort of this creepy villain cowboy guy in the Old West world. For various reasons that I can't really remember now, the animatronic characters in these fantasy worlds start running amok. And a whole bunch of people, and not incidentally, a lot of robots die in the course of the movie. And if you never thought that watching a robot die could be creepy, check this movie out, because it's pretty eerie. Kind of like gunning down the cowboys in Outlaw and having them just sit down and make a vaguely fart-sounding noise and then just kind of staring at you in freeze frame as the game ends. It's a little creepy. So we have to ask, why did these poor gunslingers have to do this? Why? Why, I say? Why such violence? Well, could be the oldest story in the book. 
I imagine one night at the saloon during an unusually spirited performance of Red River Valley, saloon girl Matilda grinned at the handsome young cowboy Jake sipping sarsaparilla by the piano. Meanwhile, Wayne looked up from hiding an ace in his boot at the poker game across the room and saw all of this go down. He was jealous. He'd taken a shine to Matilda the week before when her horses got spooked by a rattler and he had saved her stagecoach from going into the gulch. The very stagecoach the boys would later shoot up in their gunfight in this game after going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, as honorable men of this era did, when there were wrongs to be righted. Unless they were already dead. Whether Jake or Wayne actually won the gunfight really doesn't matter. Their honor was preserved. Or one of them was dead. Also, Matilda was dating the piano player anyway. So Streets of Laredo, obviously, is a tribute to Matilda and to Jake, and to Wayne, and to every other cowboy that came before them who drunkenly thought they were in love, only to feel the pain of a broken heart, and a volley of twenty-two caliber bullets, or forty-four caliber, or, you know what, I don't really know anything about guns. So, as the sun sets low in the west, I mount my steed and head for home grateful to that sun for lighting my way, because if I was really stuck out in the old west without a GPS or landmarks to go by, Getting shot would be the least of my problems. Where can you find me? You can email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like Atari Bytes on Facebook. You can follow the show at Atari Bytes on Twitter. Or you can follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Check out our website at ataribytes.libson.com. And please, 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 in my notes here I only wrote three pleases, but I added an extra one tonight because I care. Please, there's a fifth one, leave a review on iTunes. It makes me feel awesome, it helps other people find the show, and it makes my cat very happy. Please, won't you make my cat very happy? My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the Creative Commons license to his songs, Take a Chance, Pinball Spring, and Reformat. Until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.